Backdoor Cut. You are listening to Backdoor Cut with only Josh and Beatty today. Jake's actually quit our podcast and joined Locked On Celtics. (laughs) (laughs) This is a good start. I'm glad we're leading with this, Josh. Yeah, Jake's. He's what a deserter. What an utter. This is. This must be like when LeBron left the Cavs the first time. This is how I feel. Where's his shirt? We got to burn something. He's taking his talents to the Locked On pod. (laughs) All the way to America. What we're referencing here is that uh, the Locked On Celtics pod, uh, the Locked On Network, they have a pod for like every team in the NBA. You you might listen to this pod. Yeah, you probably do. I I, I don't personally listen to any Locked Ons, but I know that Jake's a big fan of the the Locked On Celtics and and those guys do a really good job. They had an open mic, open it to the fans, sort of five minutes, have your rant, have your questions, and Jake got on. He snuck on. Live on air on the Locked On podcast (laughs) and the funny funny dude did the whole thing via Skype outside and there was all these cars and trucks going <laughs> fast in the rain going like and he's trying to answer these questions and I don't know what what's the Celtics host name I, I, yeah, let's I, call him Bob Eisenberg <laughs> <laughs> anyway Bob Eisenberg was hosting the show and his mic was so clear so quiet not a drop of background noise <laughs> Jake Props to you, man. Well done. But um, I enjoyed listening to you on Locked On. And you can listen back too. Look up the Locked On podcast for the Celtics. He's on the latest episode. He's the first dude on it. So all you got to do is listen to the first 10 minutes. And our boy Jake is repping. Um, we, I, I don't know whether or not we're going to bother with some hijinks and try and cut some audio up later, but uh, it was pretty funny. Like the, 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 the cars and the trucks in the background got me. Between <laughs> yeah. that and his massive backtrack <laughs> on Jason Tatum. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. So <clears throat> as you would be aware, Jake is a huge fan of Jake, what? Jake told us he was a huge fan of Jason Tatum. Multiple time, <laughs> All-NBA, future All-Star Jason Tatum, apparently. Well, on this Locked On podcast, the truth came out and Jake backtracked a little bit. So it finally expressing the <laughs> truth that Jason Tatum has taken a bit of a back step this year. And man, Bob Eisenberg, the host of Locked On Celtics, he was saying all this stuff like... Oh, he's in a different situation to the other second years. He's actually doing really well. He's improved a little bit in his per 100 possession stats. And look at this, look at this. But, man, I'm with Jake. Look at the eye test. He's clearly a lot more uncomfortable than he was last year. Last year, it just looked so effortless, which was why all these crazy, like, he's the second coming rumors started spreading. Because he looked like it was nothing to him. It was so easy. But this year, he's he's struggling, I feel. It looks like a challenge. He's dribbling into the paint. There's someone there waiting for him. He's missing easy shots. He's taking long twos. All this Kobe training over the <laughs> offseason is making him just the Kobe all... training? Well, mate, <laughs> I'm sure it would be pretty easy for Kobe to get in your head, like, this is how you got to do it. Mamba mentality. Get, get yours. Do what you got to do. I don't know. I mean, I've been, of the three of us on our podcast, I've been the least highest, I feel, on Tatum. Like, I don't dislike him, but I just, like, Jake's over here, like, <laughs> absolutely stroking it. <laughs> this is the, the next messiah, and he's not that good. He's okay, he's good, but he's not, like... He's not that good. Yeah, and it's like it's showing this year. Like, yes, he might have some crazy potential. Like, it's still there; hasn't gone anywhere. But currently, we really did overhype him a little bit. He's he's got lots to learn. He's a young player, and I think it's just also there's this big comparison thing because they came out of the same draft between him and Ingram, and it's sort of like, well, 
Tatum went to the Eastern Conference Finals in his first season. Ingram's on this struggling Lakers team. And I think Ingram has shown more this season than obviously he got shut down and the Lakers have actually had a bad season. But Ingram individually, you know, he's really, his game's come on a lot, whereas I think Tatum's has regressed, if anything. Yeah, well, to be fair, I reckon they shouldn't really, other than their length, they shouldn't even really be compared. They're so well. That's the thing. Yeah, so it's not. Different. There's no real need to compare them, but the way that I guess all the sort of narratives in the media kind of come out, that's how it is. And particularly around the whole Anthony Davis situation and trade packages, it was very like, oh, Bi or 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 Tatum, who have you got? And it's sort of all. Doesn't why do you have to have one or the other kind of thing? Mm. I personally, I feel. Last season, much of Tatum's success was because he very, very much stayed within the flow of the offense. Yeah. And the offense was elite. It was a bloody good offense. And this year, he's clearly... its You can't even argue it. He's clearly trying to do more than he did last year. He's trying to maybe not you know, isolate himself away from the offense, but he's trying to do things outside of the flow, maybe offer some dribble penetration, maybe offer some playmaking. Stuff that last year he would have just passed to the next guy, held his spot, waited for the open shot. I guess development-wise, this is good because eventually he's going to need to do more and he's got to have the experience of trying to do it, you know? But efficiency-wise, this season, for what the Celtics currently need, because I guess they're rebuild got expedited so rapidly yeah. by these young fellas he he needs to stay in his lane a bit he yeah ne- I, he needs to rein it in it's bizarre because i think as we've sort of touched on like he had a bigger load last year like more was asked of him in the offense last year obviously they get haywood back i mean Kyrie missed significant time last year and he's played most of this season like you bring those two guys back in and it's kind of that case of they've just got too many guys. Yeah, and they're like obviously challenges arise from that. You can't just stick to your sole role if now there's now all these other wings that are offering some playmaking, they're offering wing defense, they're doing this, they're doing that. You, you've got to adjust now because otherwise there's no room for those guys in yeah. the team. Like He's learning. And he's I think learning. I think the roster part of things will be resolved a little bit. Like I don't imagine Terry will, will be there come the start of yeah, next yeah. season and then I'm sure there's probably other changes as well um, if I'm someone like the Pelicans though I'm licking my chops seeing all these people start to hate on Tatum a little bit because they could probably get him for they could probably get him and a couple of other things in an Anthony well, Davis it, I mean it's now. tricky now because like it just really depends on what package they want and mm. like how highly do they whoever is making the decisions within that organisation how highly do they regard Tatum or or on the flip like the Lakers guys or whoever else might come in with an offer I mean the the number one pick is still kind of I mean Zion maybe is a player in in that as well but I mean yeah I mean the other thing with the Celtics I think moving forward into the playoffs I mean I think you want to talk a little bit about Gordon Haywood and how his impact is like he's obviously had a I, I would say a down season overall. Mm. I mean, coming back from that well, horrible very, very injury. Up like, down, very up yeah, down. but it, there's been some little shining lights. And I think that overall, you know, the Celtics, their success this season is going to be pinned on whether or not Haywood can contribute. Yeah, and the thing is, the games where he plays like the player they thought they invested in to begin with, clearly they made the right investment because I actually read a stat the other day in the games that, Gordon Hayward has scored 20 or more points. 
Celtics are undefeated. They are yet to lose. And he was brought in to be this guy that could offer some help defensively on the wing, chip in with the playmaking so it's not all on Kyrie. He could offer some scoring. He was the glue guy that could do a bit of everything, paired up with guys like Kyrie and Al Horford, and like it was a match made in heaven. Obviously, working his way back from this injury, he can't do that every single week, but it is becoming a little bit more consistent as the season goes on. And I actually think it's time to make some changes and get him back into the starting lineup. He, at some point, he's going to need to make that leap of faith and you know take that jump. And that, if they keep him on the bench, it's never going to happen. Who who drops out then? Where how do you Marcus I, I, Morris or something? Yeah, I, I do think that Morris is kind of he had maybe like one month there where he was good. Where he was good. Yeah, and the rest <laughs> of the hustling. season has just been like it's probably what you would expect from Marcus Morris. Yeah, or, or maybe even one of the bigs. Like Celtics are a big fan of two double big teams. So like when they got Baines and. How yeah, Horford on at the same time. More Baines and Horford together, yeah. Maybe just go one big, get Gordon Haywood out there. Like a lineup with Haywood and Al Horford, like will have spacing at every single position. The possibility possibilities are endless. All the players have to do is stay selfless and move the ball. Um, what was I going to say? What did I want to bring up about the Celtics? I, I mean, I, to talk about Haywood, I think Haywood is, and I feel like we've talked about this before, but he's the best playmaker on the team. One of. I, I, I actually think Al Horford's the best player. Oh, yeah, for sure. Team. But I think for probably for a wing, Horford's really good. Yeah, yeah. you're right. But I, I, it's weird. Like, say, if they lose Kyrie, like, there's a part of me that's just like, why don't you just give the keys to Haywood? Like, mm. make that guy the point guard. I, I don't know whether or yeah, not and that's... Man, there's substance to this. Because, like, the amount of teams that are now running out oversized point guards, you would say, is increasing. Like... I f- give it five years ago, the thought of a point guard over 6'6 was like, holy shit. Yeah. That's why Michael Carter-Williams was, everyone was so high on him to begin with because he was this six foot seven point guard. They're like, wow, the possibilities, who knows what this guy can do. But now more and more, to, it's like the unicorn, the center that can shoot threes and block shots. All of a sudden, it's not so rare. There, there's a couple of them now. There's more coming. Yeah, I like, think if anything, the sort of, hovering around six foot or below even point guard is the, the minority. I Ma- mean. Maybe there's value in chucking Gordon Haywood into the fire as a point guard and letting everyone swarm around him. It will mean that they're not so dependent on his athleticism. Everyone else will get open shots if they stick to their roles. I, I like the idea of Gordon Haywood playing point guard. He can defend those bigger ones as well. So when Philly, Philly in particular chuck out those mega big lineups that just bulldoze everybody Ben Simmons won't have as easy a time on Haywood as he would on Kyrie Irving like they won't have to send a post well, player it won't to guard be, yeah, him like, there won't be weird switches or double teams yeah, or anything it, like that I, I, I would love to see and I mean he's already kind of done a bit of this with the second unit yeah, he that, comes definitely, in as yeah. the main facilitator but I want to see it with the starting five I want to see it with the big guns keys in his hands I, I don't know. If the, the Celtics have got three games left. I think they play the Pacers, the Wizards, and the Magic. Mm-hmm. The Pacers are the other team that they're kind of that they're in that four and five slot. So I, I suppose the winner of that game is probably in the box seat to, to finish four. But either way, you'd be playing them. Mm. So it's just home court. Um, that's I mean the Pacers have kind of dropped off a little bit. In yeah, the last, and that was always going to happen yeah, without was, all yeah. the depot. 
I give them credit. They've picked up Lasted the pieces longer than I thought. Yeah, pretty I was well. Going to, yeah. I mean, like replacing Oladipo with Wesley Matthews in the starting lineup, you would think there was be a bigger drop off. But yeah, for sure. Credit Miles Turner and his Defensive Player of the Year candidate D, <laughs> keeping them afloat here. And Sabonis just being a freak off the bench all season. If it weren't for Lou Williams, Sabonis would have run away with this award. I feel. With um, six man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just... I feel like there's another one I'm forgetting off the top of my head. Terry Crows. <laughs> nah, I don't, I don't think it's Terry. I feel like the hide died no, down after it. the All-Star <laughs> that, break. Yeah, that's not that the guy I'm that thinking. That wasn't of. him. Nah, anyway, um, yeah, so yeah. anyway, Jake's away. He'll be back next week, I think. He, yeah, he should be back next week. He's actually in Hong Kong hunting elk. He didn't yeah. leave the podcast. Um, although, definitely recommend. Look, go back, listen to Locked On Celtics podcast. Hear our boy repping Backdoor Cut for the whole world. Well, yeah, I guess exactly. this is for the whole world too, isn't it? Yeah, of course. It's, yeah. the, internet. it's the internet age, Josh. <laughs> yeah. um, what um, else do we want to talk about today? Moving on, uh, in super, 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 hyper, unbelievably positive news for Wizard fans, <laughs> the owner has finally pulled his finger out after 16 years in charge. I mean, the manager in charge. And has sacked Ernie Grunfeld after pff, enough mistakes that I would run out of fingers and toes, he's finally lost his job. I mean, the Wizards could... De- this If they end up replacing him with someone just as bad, this could end up being worse. But I, I, I got to see it as a positive. If I was a Wizards fan right now, I'd be doing jumping jacks. Definitely. And I think that there's... It's, it's a move that I think is overdue, but... It's there's only you, you need to start on this rebuild properly, and you need someone else in there to do it. I think that the the wall contract is is it's going to be multiple years before it's the Wizards disgusting. are are going to be competitive. <laughs> it's and, still got five years, yeah, of like what is it forty fifty million dollars a year? Yeah, something like it's it's probably the worst. <laughs> is I think it's the worst contract in the league, right? It's worse it might than be Blake the, Griffin. If, it's if worse he, than Chris Paul. If like, he comes back from his injury, as we think he's we'll going to come thing, back from yeah. his injury then this could end up being the worst contract in NBA history. And I mean, there's, I, th- I think I read something today. So obviously the Pelicans are another team that uh, are rudderless at, at the moment without a, a, a GM. And I think David Griffin, who was in charge of the Cavs for, for a few years there when they won the championship, he's kind of stayed a, a free agent in the GM game and, and he interviewed at the Pelicans. But I mean, that's another guy that the Wizards could consider. Um, it's weird because there's a few, I feel like teams either have a really good front office or they have a bad front. There's neither, no, there's no middle ground. Well, this is the thing. Team president is, I guess, what everything feeds up to. He's, he's always the, the head honcho, right? This could be a massive cultural shift for the Wizards. If they bring in a new team president that's gung-ho, like really positive, if, if they pull a Brooklyn here, yeah, exactly. This, yeah. It could be good news. They're, the Wizards might have hope for, for I mean, the first time. They started to tear it down. 16 like, years. I mean, obviously they moved Otto Porter, and I, I think that it's realistic that moving Bradley Beal will have to happen at some point for them to just completely yeah, wipe the Yeah, this is going to have to be full tear-down yeah, rebuild. Exactly. And just hope that there's enough left in John Wall to help some young guys along. Uh, will Will Adam Silver permit Sam Hinkie back into the NBA? Oh, Is man, that a possibility? I pray. I pray. The process, I please, pray. 2.0? I pray. I mean, <laughs> they don't even have to do anything. Like, they've already They're got already the there, Albatross basically. contract. Yeah, that's like, true, yeah. Just tear it down. <laughs> Be bad. They've still got their draft picks. Why not? Yeah. 
If I was the Wizards, I would be considering it. If I was a few teams, I would be considering it. What the hell is Phoenix doing? What's their plan? Oh, man. They're they, like, they're, yeah. they're another shit show. Yeah, you might are. as well just tear it down. Do you, I mean, well, you've brought up Phoenix. We weren't going to talk about it, but we'll mention it quickly. Do, Devin Booker putting up 50s every game. Do you put anything into that? No, absolutely not. I was t- t- messaging you guys the other day. This guy is putting up 50 points and 12 assists for, like, games in a row, and yet they lose by 30. Like, he's a negative this this guy I I looked into it has the worst, uh, is it replacement over average player or something? Okay, like so that. if you take him out if you, and if, put in yeah, just if, a, a league average guy, yeah, yep. he has the worst defensive replacement rating in the league, in the league for his position. Like there there's no one <laughs> less valuable yeah. on the defensive end. The Phoenix one. Trey Young bizarre, was man. one spot above him. Wow, As really? the second worst, yeah, Trey okay. Young. And I, I mean, at least Trey's... The Hawks are kind of winning games. I know it's, it's garbage time of the season, but yeah. Trey's a machine. Yeah. And I mean, so is Devin Booker. Like, yep. And eventually, when the Hawks have a little bit more expectations on their back, it's going to be the same thing. Trey Young's defensive limitations are going to hinder them. It's they got to figure out a way to hide him early before it becomes a problem. Yeah. Something they never did with Booker. And now they've, they're just a shit show. Like, Well, I mean, and the difference is, and I mean, you can put a bit of this on the, the different conferences, but I, I think Trey Young is closer to sniffing the playoffs than, than Devin Booker hey, is. extend the season a month, he would have made the yeah. playoffs this year. Yeah, I, yeah the Suns are I, a I just, shit show. Yeah, man. like, Devin Booker is obviously, clearly a very talented guy. He's doing things that maybe only James Harden or something like that could do at the moment, but defensively he has got to sort it out because the Phoenix Suns are just plain and simple going to lose games if he plays like that. You can't expend all of your energy to scoring. Like, there has to be something left over to stop the other team from scoring. Yeah. When you're If you're scoring 55 points and your team loses by 30, there's a problem. You are clearly holding on to the ball too long. You're wasting your energy. It's simple math. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I don't want to talk about Phoenix because it gets me upset. Um, Good luck to the Wizards. Well, we were talking about the Wizards there, yeah, right? Yeah. So, I mean, to touch on the Southeast and our Mount Anaria, I think the Hornets are dead. The that's, Hornets are dead. That, that's dead, yeah. Hornets suck. They're it's, another one. That, they're Wizards. They need to tear that shit well, down. Well, I think it, I think they're gonna their hand's going to be forced in the offseason because I'm pretty sure that, that Kemba will leave. Surely he will he'll walk. Well, like, how can... If I'm Kemba... In what world am I like, no, I like it here. I want to well, say. It, I don't know. Everything that comes out of him is like, yeah, he does like Charlotte. And obviously they can offer him the most money, but it's just like, what difference is that money at Kemba, that point? please, free go, yourself. Go win a, He's a got ring Stockholm somewhere. syndrome, man. He's in love with his captors. <laughs> Let him out. Um, but either way, in, at the bottom end of the East, I mean, it's a real dogfight between Orlando and, and Miami for that eight seed. Yeah, and it's a lot more heated than I ever thought it would be this late into the season. I... Going into this year, we absolutely tore the magic a new one. Yeah. When we listened, when we made our uh, over under predictions, we essentially thought they would be one of, if not the worst team in the league, and they are just aren't. Like they are. Steve Clifford has done a wildly really good, job. good job. And considering that, um, I mean. Mo Bamba, it's just been it's been Vucevic really. Mo yeah. Bamba, the rookie, hasn't done anything. Isaac, well, he's has been out for most of the season. Yeah, exactly. Isaac has, has not done that much in his second or third. No, Aaron Gordon, I, I been, think I think Jonathan Isaac's shown some. He's really shown solid promises. Growth. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he's not. 
He's not a major contributor, I don't. Not no, in not a box yet. score, offensive kind of way, at least. Aaron, Aaron Gordon, he's chipping in. He's um, nailing a lot more of his threes. He's doing better on the wing than just playing the big... He, he's a good player. There's no doubt about it's, that. It's more Vooch, man. Yeah, Vooch has taken such a jump defensively. It's crazy, as well as all his usual exploits. Um, guys like DJ Augustine have just been playing out of their skin, putting their body on the line for this team. Michael Carter-Williams, guess what? His over-under has been over the past three games total. Over-under for what? Like his uh, plus, oh, he's plus, plus minus. minus splits. Over the last three really? games. Oh, this is a trap for me because I'm thinking it's in the minus, but surely if you bring this up, it's not. <laughs> it's plus 70. Wow. He's useful for the first time since the first Dude, season of his career. I'm going to be real. I didn't even know he was on an NBA role. <laughs> there you go. He's playing for the Magic and he's playing... So well. Wasn't he on the Rockets at the start of the year? Yeah, he was. He was yeah, right. um, but the magic Steve Clifford has figured out. He does fit the the magic um, prototype of that length, man. Yeah, he's yeah. such a long defender, and he has been defending really well. He still absolutely can't shoot if his life depended on it. But otherwise, he's coming off the bench. He's just got to lock someone down for a little bit and then sit down. And I know he's doing I think a great you, job. I think you mentioned this last week, but. If, if that pans out as Orlando, Milwaukee is the sort of the eight and the one that you would prefer that, and I, I kind of agree with you a little bit, that that's probably a more intriguing series than any other matchup for Milwaukee because the length is an issue. Yes. It's going to be something that Milwaukee's going to have to deal with, particularly yes. with all their injuries as well. I agree. Uh, Orlando has one of the best three-point defences in the league, which is just mind-blowing when you consider how bad they were last year. Um, they chase that perimeter, man. They... With if they if you lined their starting five up, wingspans out, they would probably cover the three point key. Well, and I mean the dynamic there with the Bucks is like they don't really have that many shooters. Like it's what Chris Middleton. Yeah, I mean like they they have guys that can shoot, but sniper wise, yeah, there there isn't really any snipers. It's just a lot of solid shooters. Um, I I would love to see it. Although I would love to see Dwayne Wade make the playoffs in his last season. Yeah, that I think that's a, the a fitting that would be way the to go. I don't. I don't see him slowing up until the season. Until he's got that locked up. Um, if we move a little bit higher up in that bottom of the East logjam, yeah, well, Brooklyn Nets. This is this is an example of what the Wizards could become with a new president. The Brooklyn Nets have just been a model franchise for the past five years basically <laughs> when that, years? who was that russian dude that i can't i feel really uh, amateur prokhorov, prokhorov who yeah. traded away everything for <laughs> basically a decade yeah. and ruined them but yeah since they that ownership since they got on, stripped of all their picks and all Sean, their youth i think and all sean marks came in as the gm they've got kenny atkinson as the coach yep and good news he's just been re-upped for another few years and if i was a brooklyn fan i'd be pretty chuffed with that he has worked some unbelievable development out of some players you just never would have thought of contributing. Um, he's built a culture. He's built them the correct way to play. So no matter who comes in, it's it, it's so plug and play. Like, you want to come in, you, this is your role. You're covering this job. You rebound. You space the floor. You shoot threes. You do this. It's. I'm a big fan of watching Brooklyn. I'm a big fan of the way they've built this team, the process they've gone through to do it, and I think a lot is to be owed to Kenny Atkinson for this progress and success. Without him there, it's entirely possible this wouldn't have happened. 
Yeah, their player development is is something, and that, that that's what's built this. Yeah, because plain and simple, they had no picks. They had well, yeah, between very that and youth. just uh, taking risks, taking gambles yeah, on on dudes are like D'Angelo Russell's the perfect yeah, example. guys that weren't living up to their potential. He flipped. He gave them the confidence. He coached them into being themselves. I guess guys like Alan Crabb, who Portland could not wait to get rid of, is now a significant contributor for Brooklyn. Guys like Spencer Dinwiddie bounced around the league. The Bulls let him go for nothing. They were not interested in him whatsoever. And now he's a six-man-of-the-year candidate, if not one of the better guards on the entire team. He could start for a lot of teams in the league. I mean, Jared Allen, the guy that had very little fanfare coming out of college, they saw the potential in him, drafted him. Now he's one of the better centers in the Eastern Conference. Uh, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson got drafted into the league, couldn't shoot, couldn't do anything except defend and rebound. Now he's a really solid glue guy. Like The the list goes on yeah. and on and on. I also am of the belief that they were a major contributing factor in Jalil Okafor coming back this season because he was with them last year. Well, it's interesting year. that he didn't really pan out for them, though. I think it was more a product of he didn't fit their style of play, which he doesn't. They yeah, really need a that. mobile. They need a. They need that that Clint Capella. Yeah. DeAndre Jordan, yeah, exactly. Rudy Gobert, and prototype. If, if, if that guy can shoot as well, which Jared Allen which, is yeah, improving on, guy. then yeah. fantastic. But the mobility and the rim protection I is guess what they need. It's probably more a question mark on Okafor's long term viability in the league. Full stop. Then it's not just oh it didn't work out on the Nets, but I mean he obviously had his moments on the Pelicans this season. Look. To be fair to him, as talented clearly as the guy is, he's just not... Unless he significantly improves yeah. his lateral quickness and moving around, you catch that guy in a pick and roll, there's no, no way he's switching on it. He's very canter-like yeah. in that respect. And um, you just you can't play huge minutes in this league if you can't do that. You, you get swallowed. I think it's great for for the Nets to hold on to Atkinson though because it's that continue that continue like that, yeah, yeah, that yeah, consistency yeah. that they have like it's just it's going to see this young group of guys just it's I want this to build and to happen. I don't yeah. want some other team just coming and poach him. And, and the then... thing is, they have depth at every single position now, like multiple good young guys for every single position, and it's all thanks to Kenny. Like Karis Levert was a no one getting drafted into the league. Yeah, man. And now look at him. He's so good. Through that injury, it was like... It was yeah, a he was fire. A, like, he would have made an all-NBA team if he kept that up all season. Um, Looking at the Eastern Conference now, and obviously there's three or four games left to go. Mm. We're lo- at the business end. We're at the business end. Looking at the, the seedings, like, I think that the, in the East, they're, like, spot on. They're kind of what I want to happen. I mean, that we're talking about the Nets. The Nets would play the Raptors in the first round. That would be a lit series, man. Like... Absolutely. I would love to see Nets first Raptors. And, you know, the Nets might be one of the few teams that could give the Raptors a couple of fits because the Nets shoot from everywhere. So these crazy wing defenders that the Raptors seem to have on tap, they'll have to work. Yeah. I I would love to see that. Um, Other than the Celtics at fourth, it's pretty much as... I think it's, I it's it pretty well. I mean, there's a little bit of movement in the bottom end. Like, I didn't think Orlando would be up this high, as we mentioned. Well, you look at Detroit, Brooklyn, Orlando. There's nothing between them. I thought the Bulls would. I thought the Bulls and Orlando would be swapped. 
Really, this year? If yeah. you're going back to the start of this season, yeah, yeah right. I, I saw more potential on the Bulls, and, and that's sort of down to Chris Dunn not, and a lot of injuries, a lot of things. But yeah, a lot of things. I mean, the Bulls have just had a, a forgettable season. Yeah. Um, Shout-outs to our boy Thon Maker for making some significant development at the Pistons the past few months. Uh, Dwayne Casey's been getting the most out of him. We said when he went there, he just really needed to be reined in a little bit, taught how to keep his energy in check. And every game, it's improving that little bit more, and he's been a huge help. I I really, this when I meant by the whole Eastern Conference, the seedings as they are, like I kind of want to see Philly and Detroit. Yeah. I think that yeah, yeah. the sort of dynamic between Embiid and Drummond, I think the Detroit are just a team that could trouble them. I mean, mm. Philly just dropped games that they shouldn't drop. They're, Philly are kind of penciled in as that three seed. I don't think they're going to drop any lower than that. Yeah. But at the same time, like they just lost today against against Milwaukee, who obviously they've had a few injuries. They're still a really good t- team. But Philly just, they haven't worked it out yet. And we're, we're right here on the cusp of the playoffs. Yeah, like, like chemistry it's, issues. It's go just, time. Yeah. If, if we go back to this time last year, they were on the hottest streak Oh They'd man! Been on in there was that, that Bellinelli, Ilyasova, yeah. yeah. Yeah, what was it? They finished the season 15, 16, something wins like on that. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're definitely not going into the playoffs. Well, no, that man. Hot this year. I don't know whether it's the the Jimmy thing or or Tobias Harris and Bobby coming in late. And, yeah, and... well, it was a lot of chemistry changes. <sighs> like they pretty much gutted their team to get these all stars, and we're about to see if they're worth it. Well, that's the thing. Like, does maybe a really well-coached Detroit team, and I know that there's a few holes on that team. Reggie Jackson's not particularly anybody's favorite point guard, but Blake Griffin is still a, a legit superstar. Um, they're just a really good team. They kind of get the and results. Who, whoever comes up against the Pistons has to work on the boards because if they don't, the Pistons are going to have the ball an awful lot. Well, dude, I can see someone getting and ejected the, dude, between in, Drummond and, and, and Embiid yeah, in that series. In the playoffs, happens. like... Drummond is going to be hitting that board like we've never seen him before. I, I don't know, like Blake Griffin's right there to do it. Thon's right there to do it. They got Zaza coming in off the bench. They got to rebound the ball. That's their only hope of staying past the first round. But all in all, I think that's all about. I had to talk about today. You got anything else? Um, I don't really have much else. No, I think I'm with, I think we're just all keen for the playoffs, man. I feel so like we've keen. been having these same conversations so for a couple of weeks now, but yeah, well, it's almost there. Where, where's yeah. this team at? Well, once, it, once it happens, we'll we'll be stoked. We'll until be next week, my name's Josh. I'm here with Beatty, not with Jake today because no Jake. he was on the Locked On Celtics podcast. Give it a listen. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Backdoor Cut, Twitter Backdoor underscore Cut. Um, Until next week. Peace. Bye.